Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. A production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy. Have a seat. Hey, everybody. Glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr. in the Bojangle Studio. We've got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like... week, okay, bud? <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you died on that hill. Yep. You, your career died on that hill, and you were hard-headed. You're a bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. No. You thought about it and didn't ask. That it. makes me the bigger idiot. I think so. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here at the Bojangle Studio with my co-host, Mike Davis. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Can't wait for today. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited uh, about this guest. I, know, I mean, I'm excited about all our guests. I am, but sometimes, man, especially when it's not an, a, a NASCAR motorsports guest. We do those. We love them. We love them. Yeah, we love them. We love We're good with them. We love you, NASCAR. We love you. Yeah, any car, all those cars. I love them. Yeah. All the cars. All the cars. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, yeah. we like to get away from the cars. Yeah, we've had some really great opportunities presented to us in the past, and here's another one. So I'll straight up be honest. Uh, when I was a little boy, I watched a lot of wrestling every Saturday. We watched wrestling so much so that it was actually I was it was actually restricted from my diet. Wow. Yeah, I would get a little too rowdy. Oh, a little rambunctious. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so me and my friends we wrestled it in the basements of our houses. We had fake matches with the belts and everything, and so um, uh, our guest, uh, his dad, was one of my favorites. His name is Dusty Rhodes. Everybody's favorite. Yeah. Who didn't like the Dusty American Rhodes? American Dream. And you so, you know, and I'll be honest, I knew about his brother, Gold Dust, and all that, and I didn't know about Cody. Yeah. And so Cody Rhodes is, um, you know, a lot of people do know his story, especially, uh, you know, the hardcore fans of WWE, the independent fans. Everybody knows who Cody is. If you don't, if you're like me and don't know the whole story, Cody has a documentary out. It's on Peacock, and I watched it. It, do, it does a really incredible job of a giving you this incredible path and story that he's been on, but also it makes you a fan. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, unconventional is the word that comes to mind because, you know, listen, 
there, there, you and I had this conversation offline, but you know, there are a lot of similarities between the two of you, first of all, right? Both famous fathers, but then also sister, a sister being very prevalent in the life of the, of, uh, of each of you. Um, also identity, right? Just finding your identity. How, what's the balance of being able to honor your father but also be yourself. And I know like, you know, Dale, people would always say, when are you going to drive the three? You know, yeah. you know, when, when are you going to drive the three? And you never were interested in the three. Yeah. And then I know that in watching this documentary, like you said, which is fantastic, um, I think Cody struggles with the same thing. Proud of his father, loves the fact that he's Dusty Rhodes' son, but also had this yearning to be his own man. Yeah. And man, did he take an unconventional road to get there. Yeah, he certainly wanted to... Um you know, and we could talk about this tomorrow on the reaction show, but I think he, um, <clears throat> you know, he certainly wanted to honor his dad. And it's interesting that it's interesting how far into his career he got to where he was comfortable, um, maybe, you know, using some of those traits, right? Those God given traits and some of his dad's own, uh, you know, practices and so forth in his character and so, you know, in wrestling. Yeah. So he he stayed so far away from it, intentionally going in the other direction. We'll talk about it and that and, and a whole lot more. Uh, but we got to thank Ally for allowing us to bring this guest segment. It's back. The guest segment is back. And thanks to Ally, who has been very flexible, very malleable throughout this whole process of the Becoming Earnhardt series and how it's upset the identity of the show in a way where you know we're getting back to what we are. And so that's that's bringing guests in here that we're compelled and excited about. This would be someone that I hope by the end of this conversation is an ally. Absolutely. Right? And so thank you, Ally, for everything you do uh, for us here at the uh, uh, Dale Jr. Download and obviously for Dodie Murray Media and everything you do in Mooresville. They do a great job uh, in supporting us and, and NASCAR in general. So let's welcome Cody Rhodes to the Dale Jr. Download. Great setup you have here. Thanks, man. Woo! We have a lot of fun in real time happening over there. Oh yeah. yeah. And by the way, I don't know if they've told you this, Cody, but I do not know of a guest that we've ever had where the shop has been looking forward to a, to, to you coming in like this one. They, they, yeah. These guys showed up early today, and they're saying we've got to have him on the shop floor. I want to get on the shop floor. Then give yeah. me that's a that's exciting. That yeah. is uh, that's that's really really cool. What are they? What are they out there doing right now? Well, basically, um, we race every about every weekend, so they're getting cars ready for yeah. the coming race in Kansas. And there's also some cars getting ready for Bristol, which is after Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's cars that come back from the race this weekend that are getting cleaned up, tore apart. They'll get rebuilt, and then there's cars always in a preparation, certain modes of prep- preparation, right? Certain stages. Yeah. Um, there's fab par- fab shop, parts department. This used to be a souvenir shop. Uh, on the other side of that wall is the rest of the current souvenir shop. Mm. When we were racing, racing, we were selling a whole lot more souvenirs, so yes. we had more souvenir shop. But now we're podcasting in did, semi-retirement. Did you, uh, in your merchandise shop, did you ever sell, like, 
the jackets, what I would say is the oh, traditional. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I was just telling this uh, to one of my buddies is I had this jacket that was made for me, uh, just a casual jacket that was made for me years ago, and I saw it, and it's a big American Eagle, so much iconography on it, it was just loaded. And I remember saying, this looks like a NASCAR jacket. Yeah. Um, and and that I'm not sure the market on this jacket. I don't know. I I always wear suits on TV or I'm in the robe. You know, I I I don't know. Will I be able to make this work? I don't know if it, it fits. I did this signing, this autograph signing, and uh, there was a dude back in the line. And he had a NASCAR jacket on. Right. And I was like, all right, well, I'll find out if this is the market. <laughs> and I was wearing the jacket at the time for the signing. And the guy comes up, hey, how are you? Where are you from? And the first thing he said was, gosh. I gotta have that jacket. It's mm. amazing. I gotta send you guys a picture of it. It's yeah. just we call it lovingly on the bus like the NASCAR jacket. <laughs> you know, it's just very bold, yeah. in your face, yeah. yeah, very loud. So the suits. Mm -hmm. What? When did that start? Uh, it's funny. I had the best job. I was uh, I was working for WWE. I started working for WWE when I was only twenty. That was yep. when I started. I debuted on Monday Night Raw, twenty one. So I had that great job for 10 years and WWE is a big, I don't know, like from an organizational standpoint, very New York Yankees in a sense, like a lot of people dress up to come to work. There's, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, a lot of structure, very, very structured. But the whole time I was there, I, I just didn't adopt that, the style of uh, like a Vince McMahon who was, you know, the boss. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I left in a very, burn the boats, burn the bridges. I had this big moment in time where I just couldn't handle it anymore. I had a really good eight of the 10 years mm -hmm. and then two years of not so great. And when I left, I was planning, what will I do? You know, I, I wanna be different. I want them to see, if I want them to know they were wrong about me, this being WWE. And one of the ideas I had was, all right, well, I'll be doing these independent shows, very small yeah. wrestling shows, uh, <clears throat> sometimes in front of 50 people right I mean some of these buildings only held 50 and then you do these small independent shows but I was a guy coming from WWE who had been on television and that's where I started I was like I want to be the one in legit an armory uh, that's connected to a trailer park uh, or, or this tiny old VFW I want to be the one who looks you know dressed for the job you want type yep and that's had started as a total gimmick <clears throat> like this is a bit this is a gimmick and then it just became my life to yeah. where if now I go on the bus and look in the closet, there's no casual clothes. Exactly. It's just suits, the NASCAR jacket, wrestling gear. <laughs> the NASCAR <laughs> yeah, jacket. That's, it's, <laughs> it's just become a thing and it's been very helpful. Uh, I, I have a love for just kind of old school America and suits and um, it's been very helpful because I had a brief executive job in another wrestling company that I was part of, yep. and somebody had to look somebody had to like we knew what we were doing. And I can't, I don't know if I did know what I was doing, but I wanted to look like I did. A lot of people have questions for you when you become in charge of anything, and I just at least looked the part, tried yeah. to at least. So now it's become a thing. Well, we, we're thankful you're here. Um, I, I got to tell you, man, <clears throat> I grew up, I'm 49 in October, and I grew up uh, watching – NWA every Saturday morning. We had cartoons, and as soon as cartoons was over, NWA comes on. I love it. 
uh, me and I had a, f- a couple of buddies lived up my, up the street from me about six houses. We had the paper belts. We made them ourselves. <laughs> we had all the moves. Um, watched your dad wrestle a million times. The Four Horsemen and uh, Magnum TA was my guy. What a, that's a good one. Yeah, mm. and um, such a heartbreaker when 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 he he was injured. But um, I uh, I grew up on that kind of wrestling right yeah. and and so i wonder you know when you were a kid right and your your dad is that you know you you i i think you talk about that a little bit like getting the vcr out and or getting the tapes out yeah. or going on youtube and so how do you how do you sort of um educate yourself i guess on your on your family's legacy your dad's history yeah. what the you know the business and what it is today versus what it was with the nwa and all that back then right um, how did you do that? How did you educate yourself? It was around the time you start like those formative, you starting to remember things and that, that part of your life. I, a lot of parents in the neighborhood we lived in, I didn't think anything different about my dad. I didn't ask him what he did for, I didn't think anything different. He was just dad. The parents would be really either very excited about him being in the neighborhood <laughs> Or, you know, we lived in kind of a snooty area. Wrestling, you know, was lowbrow to them. You know, wrestling, there was a, a Braves commentator who was on the other side of the neighborhood. He was the big celebrity. And then we were kind of Adam's family to some to some people, especially he'd go to the pool and he'd wear. And again, I didn't really get it. Like he'd wear his trunks, classic DR trunks, Ray-Bans that his head was so big, the Ray-Bans would... Like barely be on, like, you know, but also now they're stuck on. He'd go and he was like 300 something pounds, go on the diving board, do this huge dive, just make a scene for all these parents yeah. at the pool. And I don't know, I just, I got from them is where I first started realizing he does something different. And I, I got really early on, got very protective of him because he was 39 when he had me. Older career had already happened. I had two kids, you know, three kids already at this point. So I, I became very protective because he was in this place where he was semi-retired. There was still a lot of love for him, but he was also behind the scenes. He was in the managerial role. And and the real way I educated myself was exactly what you said. This blockbuster video had a wrestling, you know, in the South, we had a wrestling section and it was WWF and then there was the WCW stuff. And I was watching current WCW, but I needed to go back NWA territory stuff, whatever remained of it and see why he was this luminary figure. And it blew me away. Right. Blew me. I mean, off in the blood, mm-hmm. but then just even at a young age, I thought I really, I'm really proud of him. Mm-hmm. It was a, a, a weird kind of, I still have it to this day, protective nature of him. But yeah, that was just mind blowing to yeah. me to see Greensboro Coliseum sold out, losing their mind. Just just blew my mind. It seemed like every match I watched was him and Flair. You know, all the big pay per views, Flair, Flair, Flair. And they were such different, like juxtaposed so differently against yep. one another. Oh my gosh. But that was really that was nice. And then at the time wrestling was not as popular as it is today and not as popular as it got in the late 90s so in the you know late 80s early 90s i was just the one kid who knew about wrestling so i had to find the other kids at school like you're into that okay i got stuff you know so yeah (laughs) so yeah i'm i felt like i mean it's probably not real reality but i felt like 
in the in the 80s like uh pro shooting promos and stuff your dad and flair and those guys like that was the whole show on on saturday morning was them in front of the microphone you know there was a couple wrestling matches but it was really just them talking um it doesn't seem like when when you look back that they kind of created the promo like the 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 value of the promo yeah right and the ability then it became like you know who can do it better and your dad was one of the best right so i think that i find that that's we always talk about the toughest part of the broadcast on the race is the 10 seconds of live TV where we're actually on the screen, right? Mm. And so the promo, how hard is the promo versus the actual rest of the job? The promo to me looks like the most important moment, right? Mm. And so how much of that are you working on? Are you th- How much of that are you really crafting yourself? The promo in the sports entertainment and pro wrestling space, and you mentioned this the – that that WCW in the '80s and Saturday morning, and then we become Saturday night. It was almost like it was a commercial for the show that was yeah. going to be coming to you. You yeah, know, yeah, they're yeah. just talking about, uh-huh. you know, and there are these couple what we'd call enhancement matches or real quick moments. And then they got back, and you know, you'd have your big players out there to do uh, their interviews. The promo here's here's the best way to look at it is there's so many great wrestling matches really there's i love a wrestling match i do go back and watch a full match most of the time the memories moments that we're connected to aren't an actual match Mm. you know dusty for example hard times this promo he did Mm -hmm. that's typically what most people will bring up and talk about and get into they're not actually talking about the match that it referenced. Like I can get to, oh well, here at the gathering they did this, and the, you know, the finish was a small package out of the figure four. <laughs> I I remember, but but there's a good chunk of fans that connect to the promo, and the the reason is my dad used to teach uh, promos at NXT, which yep. is the developmental system for WWE, but he never called it promos. He uh, he called it commu- <laughs> communications class, <laughs> um, but I got what he meant years kind of into him doing it um his idea of communicating was connecting that's really what it was you can do all like today there's so many cool what we would call high spot flips and crazy athleticism but if they don't care about you it's like watching fireworks they they did it we've seen it we don't you know and he had the ability to make them care about him or at least dislike his opponent or like that that's the most important thing. And I, I have a wrestling school now in McDonough, Georgia, and that's my favorite day. And it feels like the only day I have anything to really even offer them. The rest of it, I'm just winging it, you know. All right, take a hip toss. Here we go. Uh, but um, <laughs> that that's so important, and a lot of people today don't want to work on it. Yeah. And, and I, I understand, like, this, you see what you see on TV and guys doing all, all this really athletic stuff, but it's not something that people want to work on that much. I have gotten in the habit of I overwork on them over I have there's a whole WWE again a lot of structure there's a whole brain trust there's a writer you know there's a voice memo of what I'd like to say then it goes back and we go back and forth on it back and forth then there's these really great luminary figures legends that are backstage at WWE who they'll chime in and they'll have an idea and I've been very lucky at WWE that people like these interviews and like these moments and they're very different from Dusty's you know I'm not there's not the the soul that Dusty presented. There's almost a camp, like a political campaign element to how I do an interview. They're very different, and they have yeah, to be. Sure. 
It can't be him, yeah. you know? Was his natural, or did he also take the deliberate, uh, deliberate intention to <clears throat> craft that? Because he, he was yeah. known for his charisma yeah. and the working man, and, uh, and you could identify. <laughs> yeah. I just wondered if that was just something that was natural to him or if he recognized the opportunity to represent the, uh, you know, a whole body of people. He, uh, it's very much something he crafted. Okay. And, and not a lot of people knew this, his documentary, they did a documentary on A&E about him recently. And I'm so glad that this information got in there, but my dad modeled a lot after a wrestler named Thunderbolt Patterson mm -hmm. and, uh, Thunderbolt Patterson. This is a lot of guys did this, you know, Hogan took from superstar Billy Graham. There wasn't a lot of footage. So you could steal ah, and pluck yeah. and you, there wasn't, you know, going to be such a callback to today. You can't can't even do like a song quote <laughs> until somebody's, you know, there's that's all they're calling out on social. So you have to be a little bit different today. Uh, but he very much crafted it. And the voice, you know, the way he spoke, which was kind of like with the lisp and the, the like a deeply pronounced lisp, which the rib is, I ended up getting a legit lisp. But anyways, he... Uh, <laughs> Lucky. Yeah, right? He, I would hear him in the mornings. He'd do radios in the mornings, and there was a huge difference between how he would speak to me, yeah. like driving to school, At home. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden I'd hear him yeah. down there, and like <laughs> it was very crafted, yeah. and he knew what it was, and he could get away with doing, because it was so ridiculous, often how Dusty talked and presented, he could get away with doing very little. Like there's, he could come out there with, we call him today, no new information promos. It's the <laughs> dreaded thing. It was like, I'm not telling him it's a cage match. I'm not, we're not getting into a fight. Oh my gosh, no information. Just, he was the master at those because they just wanted to have fun with him. Yeah. And like giggle and laugh and have this charismatic moment. And that was, again, he could connect to him and communicate, but very crafted. It was not, that's not, he was very different as a football coach and as a dad but when i try to explain that to fans today they don't they won't don't have, they will not have any of it they, right. they want to they, think of him, him that was who he was yeah. and i totally get it yeah, yeah. so we had uh, we were really lucky to have uh stone cold come visit us a couple oh, years yeah. ago and we talked to him about promos and he um he talked about how much of a how much of a work it was in progress right from when he started to where he ended up and um if uh when you, you know, having your school where you're able to sort of see these kids come in and these younger or, or, or these rookies come in, is it a, is it a, is being able to do a promo, right? Is that, is that, do you see it immediately in some people? Like they just yep. got the charisma and other, can, but can it be trained? Can it be something mm. you acquire over yeah. time, right? I would say uh, it can definitely be something that can be trained because I always jokingly, but it's kind of true tell people I didn't get a lot of like, I'm like my mom, my brother ended up, you know, he, my brother's six, six. He just reminds me so much of dad. He got this unbelievable athleticism. Yeah. I kind of didn't take any of that. So for me, especially following in the footsteps of dad, I've had, mine is very much, I've had to work on it. I continue to work on it every like That's it's so important. So it can be trained. And if you have a good mentor, NXT had Dusty. There's certain guys at WWE who have Paul Heyman, who's another master on the mic. It can be, but the best is when you combine it, when someone has the natural gift. That's what we see a lot. Even rookies, undersized, don't know anything about anything yet. They're just growing into themselves. You can tell right away, just when they start speaking, there's something that I want to hang on to yeah. about what this 
kid is saying, this girl is saying, this guy is saying. So that's the best when you can have it, but not bake, not bank on having it. Hey, I have it, but I want to work on it now. I want to get it better because it's so important. When you were young, you talk about not having the athleticism of your brother, but you were an athlete in school. Yeah, um, you wrestled. Uh, you were you great when you started? Oh my gosh, the worst of the worst. Oh, come well, on now. Why did you wrestle? So I if wanted. You were not good at it. I wanted to amateur wrestle or folk style. What you see in college, I wanted to do that. Again, very protective of my dad. This sounds crazy, but I had a, I was a weird kid. My people, those people who look down on him, nothing's more real than amateur wrestling. Nothing. I mean, it's no teams and there's team duels and there's teams involved, but really it's you, this other guy, you got six minutes or when you're younger, it's just three minutes and you're going to pin him. He's going to pin you. You got to get up, shake hands after there's nothing more, I guess, real uh, in my line of sight as a kid and I wanted to be good at it because people looked at him and thought maybe he's not a real athlete you know mm. he's 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 we see all these promos we see how he looks physically they didn't realize he was a very gifted athlete he just didn't look like you know Frank Zane but yeah. he was a very very gifted uh gifted athlete but that was my driving force as a kid I want to be really good and it took forever I was on the wrestling team from eight years old, and then I didn't click until 16. Yeah. And once I clicked, I just never I never looked back. Yeah, I only, yeah. only got taken down twice. 101 and two. 101 and two, Two-time yeah. state champion. Yeah, I was very lucky. <clears throat> so lucky, but good. Yeah, no, I had to figure, yeah. figure, I had to figure it out. Uh, it's, it's a lot of the combination of you have the technique, yeah. like a double leg, a single leg, an ankle pick. It's all great, but if, you're a, if you don't have the body strength, if you can't be doing a pull-up, you know, if you're not the presidential fitness award or whatever yeah. is going around, you might you might not hang in there with some of those athletes. So once those things came together, I was uh, I was cooking. You said that you were doing that. Uh, one of the motivations was protecting your dad. How much was validation from your dad that, that, that drove you? And did he get to come watch you? So he because, again, Simi retired. He went to everything. OK, so he's there. Yeah. So we have this pull. Me and my brother, Dustin, have this polar opposite upbringing. Uh, I love my brother Dustin. Very important. I I I don't say it enough. I love Dustin, but my gosh, his experience with my dad is so different. Dad was never home. Mm -hmm. He didn't know him. How? He, what's the age age gap between you? Sixteen years. Oh my god. He doesn't like me bringing that up. Unreal. But it's Sixteen years. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. But Dustin, you know, they had an unbelievable. Like they had a different upbringing, and then for me, I got everything. I I know for sure. I tell everyone I had the perfect dad. He was perfect for me. Sure. I know for sure he trial and error okay dustin Kristen, all right my sister teal I'm, I'm doing a lot better now and then when i came around it was like i got this mm -hmm. I, i'm gonna make sure i'm there for him in every way and and uh he was at everything and i don't think i knew consciously that i again you wanted him to be proud wanted him to to be in on it i didn't think i realized that consciously really until the really until the end of his life Oh. When it became a, when it became a just, man, like you've been doing this so long, wanting this one thing, driving to get it, making these crazy left turns and decisions and uprooting the business at one point, you've been doing all this and a good chunk of it is just so that somewhere someday he could be like, good, good job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I told you, you know, it is, he was very complimentary, always proud, always happy, but still 
you know those moments where you you win them, where you earn, you know, where they see something like, ah, yeah. you can you can feel pride more than you hear it. Yeah. It's a subconscious yeah. thing, but I think that this is one of the things that you and Dale have so much in common, and you don't yeah. even maybe y'all don't even realize it. But it's not just that you you guys had famous fathers, but Dale. I mean, I look back at your racing career and how you know the stories you tell, and it looks like just uh, a kid trying to get validation from your dad. Yeah. And we watch your documentary, which is amazing. Well, thank you. They did a good great. job on it, Cody. It's, it's really amazing, and, oh, and and, and, and th there is this common thread all the way through it, and that's that. Um, your dad's role and you guys both trying to find your identities yeah. that can honor them, but also be your own. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you also look for validation, I guess. So, um, with the difference in age, right. Uh, and, and you got a big family. Do, how often do you guys get together? Is there family reunions, Christmas, Thanksgiving? What are the roads doing? We, it seems like only get together when it's about wrestling yeah you know it's funny our we've got family in texas family in florida family in georgia family all over the place but when it's wrestling like last year wrestlemania the main event sofi i was making sure let's get as get as many get, get the family together that's one of the things i like doing you know you try to take things from like i try to take something that might my, my dad was the master at keeping the family together mm -hmm. He was a mess in a lot of other areas, you know, but it, as keeping the family together, he was the centerpiece. Everybody wanted to get towards him. So for me, I'm the colder, more logical, distant. I, I'm, I don't have the, the same warmth he had, but I know with those events, like it's important to me that they all come. Yeah. And it was cool this year at WrestleMania, although I lost. So they were... <laughs> I could tell they were like, "What? We came all the way out here for? <laughs> us out came here. all the way out here? You know, I'm yeah. like, what was the main event? Um, yeah, no. Uh, but wrestling, uh, wrestling brings us together. And I'd be completely remiss. I don't know if you've heard this before, um, but my dad was a monster fan, monster fan, and your dad was his absolute favorite That's i can't amazing. i can't i don't know if really? you know my sister so my sister was so excited i was coming on this uh my sister teal because my dad sat there he watched every race and he had very specific taste he's a showman yeah so he loved your dad he loved that there was a presence yeah there's a there's almost a gimmick here and then yeah. the, and then the gimmicks backed up by oh he's that good oh my gosh and he had this odd not dislike, but odd, not into Richard Petty. Yeah. And I never, I was like, Richard Petty, he'd always be, he's the king, you know, but when it got to Dale, it was Dale, Dale, Dale. And then watching you, uh, he was, him and my mom both, big, big, big time fans. Damn, big that's time. crazy. And those races are, guys, these races are long. Yeah. So when you're a kid and you're just like, he's just, he's plugged in <laughs> on the couch. TV, yeah. He loved it so much. Uh, yeah, no, so I don't know if you ever knew that, but it's not, he had this one moment where, uh, at, at Daytona, when your father passed, he was doing a show in Carrollton, Georgia, a small independent show for our company, and he was devastated. And he didn't know, do we say anything to the crowd? Yeah. This is a very Carrollton, Georgia. This is a very, they got roots in this. They're loving this. And he, I remember that drive home with him, just different, different times he'd watched and how excited he was. And yeah, no. So if you've never been told, I that's never it's that. as real as it gets. He was a huge fan, and by far your family was the the favorite yeah. because he I couldn't get him to like uh, he didn't like Jeff Gordon. Yeah, 
This is weird. Oh man, he does. No had, way. No way does Dusty Rhodes like Jeff. No, Gordon. he had these like he had specific <laughs> tastes. Yeah. And I remember one time he referred to. He told me he was like he's trying to explain it to me. He said Richard Petty's a lot like George Strait. It's great. Yeah. We love George Strait. Good comparison. And then he was saying he's saying Dale's like Garth Brooks, and he just he's he's it's everything. The show, the fight, like the grit, the and and that was his favorite. You know, so that was his big comparison to explain it to me because I'd kind of needle him. He'd be watching racing all day, and me and my sister would kind of like play with him, say we like this person more, and so yeah. just to get him upset, you know, <laughs> to get us to kick us out of the room. A huge fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, amazed by that because I, when I was watching uh, the NWA and and <clears throat> as a kid, I didn't like Flair. Flair was kind of the bad guy, you know. He was <laughs> yeah. all talk. Yeah. You know, he was all talk. Now there were a bunch of Flair fans. Yeah. I mean, you know, and obviously he's bigger than life, and especially here in Charlotte. Um, and uh and and a great guy but uh i grew up uh being your dad was my favorite matt you know uh, magnum was kind of like his his protege or sidekick you know as he was coming up and it was them two against the four horsemen you know and uh so that's i mean i'd never heard that no it's amazing yeah pretty incredible i still like so flair when you're so ingrained as a kid that he's the enemy that him and Arn and Tully yeah. and old these are the enemy. Yeah. That even when you get to like 15, 16, where you got to lose the smarten up a little bit, you still, yeah. you know, still don't, don't oh, yeah. know. I'd used Arn Anderson as a manager for me. Oh my really? God. Really? Yeah. For two, uh, when I was at AEW, I used yeah. him as a manager for two years. And it was solely to, I think this would be fun to take one of his rogues. Yeah. I don't have him right now. You know, I don't have him to be there ringside with me. So who better? than one of these rogue gallery, one of these guys who spent their time beating him up, bloodying him up, but they made millions of dollars together. Yeah, um, yeah Flair's, uh, Flair's unique. You mentioned Magnum, and Magnum's such a, I'd say it's a deep cut by today's standards, and not a, the younger audience may not know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many what-ifs about had Magnum not had the, the right. wreck. He was massive, dude. Yeah, and yeah. he, so they did this, um, I don't think Magnum will mind me telling this story, but they did a show at the Forum in LA, which was, always a little tricky when Crockett NWA would go to the forum, but they had a great show. Why was it just because they were here, Carolina, right. Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, you know, of Florida, Vince up North. The, there was only two territories left, but some of these markets were up for grabs still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that was one of them. LA can, they get TBS, you know, they'll yep. watch it. Had a great show at the forum and it's, my mom went into to labor. So they flew back again. One of the reasons that, they ran out of money is they had all these private planes and they're, <laughs> you know, so my dad's having a party in the sky to try and make my birth on the other side in, here in Charlotte at Presbyterian hospital. And Magnum is on the flight with him and a wrestler named Manny Fernandez, yes. the raging bull. Yes. Uh, Arn Anderson is also on that flight. I think at the time they didn't want anyone knowing that because you, right. you know, right. can't, can't be in the flight. So they, they just, <laughs> they just get absolutely wasted just beyond hammered and my aunt Bobby is with my mom. I'm basically a popped out at this point, you know, beyond hammered. And my dad decided that he was going to pick my godfather in this moment. Oh, so he, so he, it was up between the raging bull and Magnum TA and he picked Magnum. But this is again, one of these moments where they're just flinging it, you know, like who knows? There's a photo of me. I'll have to find it. When he gets to the hospital, he just, he's holding me. He had got there right when I got out, and he was holding me, and you can tell. Band-Aid on his head, 
his he had deep black circles under his eyes already, but they're even deeper. Just he looks a, a absolute <laughs> yeah. mess. My aunt Bobby was always he. She did all the work, and then he came in for the last moment <laughs> for um, the pictures for the big for the picture. <laughs> Presbyterian Hospital, the waiting room. They got uh, Arn and them ordered pizzas. There's pizzas stacked <laughs> sky high. It looks it looks like they had been wrestling out there, and the the couches are flipped over. I mean, they were just this is '80s wild, yeah. and they were on top of the world. But Magnum had forgot until I was like. 20 years old, I think. And I finally told him, I go, you know, you're my godfather. Oh my gosh. No, yes, I do. Now, <laughs> I was at the, he's at like the christening and all that, but he's one of uh, the most complimentary, nicest guys about modern wrestling. And you don't find that a lot with the, really? the, older, the old, the, yeah. the luminaries, as I like to say, most of the time they're telling us how we're not doing it correctly. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's one that just sees like, no, this is people are, people are hot. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that we've had seven months without an NFL game? Well, good thing that's finally over. The NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code DALE to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code DALE only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See DKNG.co football for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Let's move into, uh, you know, your... You graduate from high school and you go into acting class in L.A. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I like that was a turn that I didn't see coming. Yep. Um, you and your sister go out to the West Coast by yourself for a year. Yeah. And um, this acting class just seems like just some. I mean, there must be a million, right? Yeah. Right. And you just found this one place that 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 became your your home for a year. Yeah. Um, how did you get connected to this? Uh, what was the acting class? What was the group? So Howard Fine is his name. Uh, Howard Fine Acting Studio in L.A. Um, very prominent teacher. Yeah. Very and very sometimes prominent behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. A lot of private coaching. That was the majority of his business. I Why believe. did you want to go there? Uh, DDP Diamond Dallas Page had gone to another wrestler had gone to L.A. Met Howard, fell in love with Howard, the person, the, the coach, everything. And we had no clue what we would be doing. So we needed some sort of structure, something. This was a lost year. And my fear was I wasn't physically big enough to be a wrestler. Mm. Right? I had seen it on TV for so many years. I, did, I, I wasn't computing that modern wrestling. I'm one of the bigger guys now in modern wrestling, which is shocking. And I don't know if that should be the case. But it's gotten lighter, lighter mm -hmm. heavyweights, lighter heavyweights. But at the time, I wasn't sure. So my plan was, all right. I'm gonna get this acting thing going. I'll get. I'll be a famous actor. 
then I can just jump into wrestling because I'm a famous actor. It's a terrible plan, super <laughs> plan. Uh, yeah. And I didn't love it. I loved I loved Howard. I was a stage manager there uh, to pay for the second round of classes. I loved it, but it was more like, for me, I was learning stuff that I could apply to wrestling uh, very much. Howard's teaching works for wrestling exactly the same way as it works for someone on stage. But it was also really just good. Like when you get into those classes, it's a lot of emotional recall, a lot of having to get inside yourself mm -hmm. and find those things. That's kind of, I feel like healthy Yeah. in a way. You don't have it all bottled up. There's a way to kind of find it and become emotionally available. And he was really good at teaching that. I still talk to Howard today and I still think about Howard a lot of times in the ring. Like Howard, for example, referee, right? Referee is behind you and somebody hits somebody with a steel chair. How'd the referee not hear it? Like, you know, like Howard's the type of find a different way to do that spot. Find a different way. You hit the guy in the gut with the chair and the, you know, then there's no noise. You snub him in the side of the neck, something. There were these little things that just because wrestling is, is so broad and sports entertainment hits such a broad, it doesn't mean we can't be at a higher level mm -hmm. of storytelling and psychology. So he's, he's in my head a lot. Mm. So <clears throat> my, my, my feelings about that, I'm thinking you're, you know, I don't know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. You're going out to the West coast. I'm a father. You're a father. Um, how did, I would be worried about your ability to not, you know, make, make good decisions, you know, and be yeah. able to make, you know, ha have that experience be productive with so many distractions sure. and pitfalls in that environment. Like, how did you survive it? So two things were happening. One was because of my amateur wrestling success, my dad had this implicit trust in me because I, he, I did this, I committed to it. I was basically wrestling year round, doing the camps and everything. So he had this trust in me that I wasn't gonna get into drugs or find some unsavory elements and dive into that. So he had that trust, but also at the same time, him and my mother were like rekindling their romance. They were going on trips, all kinds of stuff. I missed so many days of high school senior year that the, and I had to find GPA, but the, the principal told me, he's like, if you miss one more day, you can't legally pass. Like you can't graduate. Please don't miss another day. And I did that because they were always gone, yeah. going to Mexico, going snorkeling. I was like, ah. I'm not going to college. I'm going to be a wrestler or be an actor or whatever it is. But they were rekindling their romance. And again, my sister Teal, she did not like that there was a big difference in how we were. Teal had a curfew. <laughs> Teal, he kept eyes on everything that Teal did. Me, I could be gone for three days. Yeah. And he'd be like, he's fine. He's yeah. good. Yeah. I, I was like a cat, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, that was happening at the same time. So I think he didn't have his big concerns about it and it didn't last that long right. you know we're there for the year and then i had to come back to him your sister went yeah so yeah. she was a bit of a, a guiding influence big time right? my my sister teal uh, until i met you know brandy uh, my wife my sister teal was my best friend mm -hmm. didn't know it right you know it's your older sister you know and my older sister was uh i was in the like preppy popular group in school and stuff like that my sister was not my sister uh, was wearing full makeup while she was in elementary school, leather jacket. She's, Madonna was her hero. My dad was very big on express yourself however you want. But she was she had a unique, she was popular in her own way. She had a heck of a reputation. My first day at school, this sounds terrible. I love my sister so much. I hope she appreciates me telling the story. But my first day of high school, she was a senior, I was a freshman. 
I thought, oh, well, we'll run into each other. We're brother and sister. That's cool. I'm in school one, one time with her, you know. I'm walking down the hall. This is the first day of school. And on the other side of the little guardrail, my sister's got some other girl shoved up against a locker. <laughs> Whoa. Telling her, I mean, reading her the riot act about something, rumor that was spread or whatever. And I just kept walking. Yeah. Just kept, I was like, you know, <laughs> teal's, teal, teal gonna teal. <laughs> teal gonna teal. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, she was out there with me and I, I had to leave her uh, to, come, to come home. And I always felt bad about that. But she's again one of my best friends to this day. Did, did she enroll in acting school as well, or yeah. did she just oh, move she was, out there? She was a, she was the more actor in our. She wanted to be she. That's what she really. That was a passion and a dream and a goal for her f- far more okay. than it was for me. Yeah. Okay. So she, I just followed her lead a little bit more, uh, and she was she was over twenty one, so she could actually enjoy L A. to a little bit. I was just a kid yeah. um, at the time, and that was who I you know. This was my thunder buddy, you know, lightning's going off in the neighborhood and I'd run down to her room and sleep on the floor at the foot of her bed, you know? So like, I always kind of have gravitated towards her. So you decided to come home. Yes. Um, that was like a, a light switch. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I got to go back. It was really uh, humbling, right? When you think you're going to do something and remember he had this trust in me. So it was really humbling to go home and say, hey, I got to start over from scratch. You know, that conversation was, I want to get into pro wrestling. And you've known that. I've always wanted to get into it. But now I need your blessing. Otherwise, I'm still going to do it. But it's a, it's a lot more helpful if you're on board yeah. sure. with this. You know who I can go to. You know what I can do. You can help me get a personal trainer to, you know, build my body up, all this. And... uh he wasn't upset about it um, as much as I think he un- I think he knew far more than me. This was a heavy decision I was making because he lived he was in wrestling his whole life. Right. This is his his life's work till his last days. So I think he knew more than anything. You're jumping into something that's going to be your life. It's not a small thing. It's going to be your life. You got to make sure you want it. But right away, that's what he told me. He said, "Well, if you're going to do it." You're going to do it to be the best. So we're going to send you here. We're going to send you here. He had sent me to a group to train with before I went to the training so that, and then tell them, Hey, you've never been trained before. He had tried to like rig the system a bit, like load the deck, uh, so that I knew what I was doing. Um, yeah. And, and he was very, very, uh, supportive. And then the moment I got called up from the developmental system, cause they plucked me early, just probably based on my name he took himself off the writing team. He he wanted to go do something else. He thought it would be a conflict of interest. There yeah. there's some dads and I'm I'm positive you've seen this. There are some dads in our our business who are hip next to their children. Yeah. They are they're I I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it's very different. My dad You didn't I wouldn't get even, away. Wouldn't even consider that that would even be a possibility in wrestling. We have it we have it in you see it in sports and you yeah. see it in racing a little bit where the dads the dad's actually responsible for some of the funding to get that, yeah. make that even possible, right, for right. kids to race and so forth. Or, and you, 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 as a father, you could certainly appreciate that yeah. and understand their, their, you know, their urgency to sort of help their child make it. But in wrestling, um, you would think that the business would say, yeah, uh, dad, you're going to stand over here. Um, and this is, you know, if he's coming in, if, if the, if, if your, your, your child's coming in to, to, to work, you know, they're, yeah. we, we on them. 
you know, they're ours and you're going to have to go over this way. Um, I, um, I wonder, uh, when you went into the developmental system and you started wrestling in front of some of the people that are, that are, um, um, you know, that are in the business, did it, uh, I have this sort of idea in my mind that it probably, a lot of things came really natural to you. You grew up around this, right? When I watched dad race on the racetrack, yeah. I was watching him race. I was cheering him on and wanting him to win, but I was yeah. also learning things I didn't even realize I was learning. I go out on the racetrack and, oh, this makes sense. This feels, yep. you know, this, oh, this side drafting and all the things dad used to get taught. They, they used to think that dad was really good at drafting. Daytona Talladega and that came so natural to me because I knew exactly what I needed to do as soon as I got out there mm. and so when it started happening in the car I'm like yep this is making perfect sense yeah and um so when you got in the ring to really do it you know did it come easy I know it was hard work to yeah. get to where you are today but the physical act of wrestling yeah right seem when it, from what I've watched and seen yeah. people were taken aback a bit by how good you were out of the box i to me i was surprised that they thought i I had maybe some early fundamentals we're talking running the ropes right yeah taking a back basics i had those because he had had his school i had been around other people again just sitting there on the sidelines absorbing 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 i had that but i i'll be honest it didn't come to me and i was surrounded by much better athletes right much and also guys who'd been doing this a little longer and when i was at ovw they stuck me with a, a guy named sean spears still my friend to this day the purpose was i didn't know what i was doing yeah so will you guys be in a tag team you two you know good looking guys and young guys this will work out but sean you lead these matches yeah. you you explain and he guided me all the way to where i got called up before he ever did it didn't come naturally and it uh I tried to steal and not so much steal. I tried to get my education from people who were different from my dad. I really wanted give me a different. I can't be like him. Yeah. I can't. You know, I, I do the elbow now. I didn't do it for like 15 years right. just because that's his. That's his. Now it's different. But I tried so hard to pick other people's brains, uh, people who had, didn't even like my dad. You know, there's all this contention about whenever you're someone's boss and his time as a booker and a wrestler. So he, has ma he made a lot of enemies. And I tried to always take those enemies and see, is there something I can learn mm. from them? Something, what, what were they mad about, you know? And then find out if Dusty was right or if he was wrong, but didn't come naturally. My, um, my, my, when I was a child, we hung around with Nelson Royal's family a little oh, bit. And yeah. so he has his Western store here in Morrisville yeah. and right in the back uh, woods up where his house was, was this nonchalant, shed and inside that shed was a ring and so we would get in there and play every once in a while nice. so i imagine you grew up yeah. around thousands and thousands of rings right yeah are you as a as a teenager as you know in between your dad and all his all his all the guys doing what they do to train or practice or whatever even during you know i don't know but are you climbing in that thing yeah so and so like the first time you actually get into a ring to yeah. To, to get after it you've made this decision in your life that you're gonna you're gonna go after this right it's a comfortable place it's not like this you know for for other people in your position at 20 years old um they had to be pants how yeah. nervous they were and you're <laughs> like man i'm this is my home i'm i'm 100 percent comfortable here 
Yeah, I, I mean, I I was comfortable, and specifically rings. I was setting up rings when I was 15 years old. You know, his independent company, referee. I'd set the ring up. Not an easy gig to do yourself. Just mm. board after board after board, um, and. <clears throat> So I did. I did always feel like it was a an area that was my second home, you know. And to this, today, like the wrestling ring, I get on my knees and I kiss the mat almost every match. It's really, it is. It's where I feel the most at home. Yeah. Um, yeah no, but uh, I had I had that confidence from being around it so much, but also I was fairly disliked. Uh, from my peers in that developmental crop Why? because of no experience no experience not even 21 years old he's just dusty's son which wasn't a lie well, it what was were, what were they how were they different were they older were they well more maybe though? older you know they, that wwe now recruits very young and recruits at the college level and athletes athletes yeah. then it was independent wrestlers he'd been doing this for Working 10 years but yeah exactly yeah. journeymen mm -hmm. i totally got it respected it but I can't apologize for being me. I'm still gonna put in the same amount of work that you're gonna put in, maybe even more. And that's really the the lesson of it is take that dislike, take that situation. The door was opened for you. So do more than these other guys and these other girls could possibly do. Outwork them. They might have the talent, they might have the experience, but if you outwork them, uh, good good things will come. And that's been my mindset. You know, I know like comparisons, the thief of joy. John Cena hit me with that quote the other day. It's a great quote. It, it really is, but so much of what we do is comparison. Oh, sure. such and such is doing really good. I gotta, you know, I want to be better. I want to. So much is comparison. You just have to be selective with how you do it. Hey, Cody. So I am so intrigued uh, with the whole concept of the riders. Okay, and you just said <laughs> something. You uh, in the business and yeah. how it all ties together and I, I could ask you a hundred questions but you just said something a little bit ago where you said your dad took himself off the writing team mm -hmm. so okay so he's in the writing team now my first question on that is did you agree with that did you understand oh, what yeah. he was doing and did or, or did you have resentment for it no i i agreed i i wanted him to be at a, at a okay. distance but also he wasn't he was part of the creative the writing team my dad was an idea guy he wasn't sending a lot of emails. He barely knew how the computer worked. You know, that was like a running gag. They got him in 2005. He was an old wrestler. That was in, in the best of ways. He had those ideas and booking concepts. Okay, in a year, I want this guy to be here. Here are the things that we will do. But writing, and I have a whole new respect for this writing team that WWE has. Um, Ed Kosky, uh, Ryan Ward, Ryan Callahan, my guy Brian. I have a whole new respect for them because you've got to write that somebody has to write these guys ideas. Somebody has to format formatting a show, which I, when I was away, I, I started for, I, I formatted the shows at sure. AEW for a hot minute and then quickly realized I wasn't great at that. But, uh, they, uh, I have a whole new respect The the thing is they're, they're writers, but they're also, I like to think of them as producers. Sure. A lot of times you do these backstage segments and things of that nature, and they're the person who's there. They're directing, they're producing, they're working with the cameras. It's a, they do a lot of things. They wear a lot of hats, that writing team. And when I was away from WWE, I thought the writing team was the dumbest thing ever. I thought, why do you need 40 people? Well, you were mad. Yeah, you? I was. You were mad. Yeah. You had, you, and we'll get to that in a second. Well, no, I just, I thought, like, why, why do you need all this? Why do you need all that? And then I, I, 
realized through trial and error doing my own interviews like oh i can i can hit a home run on my own but also i am capable of a catastrophic strikeout at the plate (laughs) and maybe it would have been nice to have somebody there to go just don't say this or say it a little differently yeah so i guess ultimately what i'm wondering if you go back to when you're trying to cut your teeth and you're getting in and you guys are you know you got these guys that are working and and maybe they're a little uh they're hating on you a little bit yeah uh who at that level who are you working for who are you trying to impress one would assume like yeah. somebody that like myself that if you can just get in with the writers yeah then you've got it made sure is that who you're trying to you know show out for in in and mm. i'm sure it's more complicated than that but like you get well that, that's my question for you it is and it isn't in a sense that I was at Ohio Valley Wrestling. It was 4400 Shepherdsville Road. I drove the ring truck. We So NXT today, the development system they have today, they have constant access to creative uh, resources, writers. They have all this information. OVW is treated like a separate territory, like a farm league. So once a month, somebody would visit. Okay. That could be an agent. An agent, someone who helps put the matches together. That could be a writer. That could be a, an EVP, an SVP. So it really varied in terms of you You basically have to build, again, like a campaign. You have to build allies, people who believe in you and will say, hey, he'll do good. I watched him do this. He'll be okay. He's going to make it. Um, I think at the time when I was in OVW, the one that I needed to impress the most was a man named Bruce Pritchard. Who's that? Uh, Bruce Pritchard, was, he was his manager in the WWF days named Brother Love. Uh, he'd done a, many characters, came from Texas. Uh in, he was a genius, remains a genius in the industry, but he was Vince's right hand. Oh. He, he again, you need someone to write down all these ideas. You need someone to formula, you know, formulate it. And Bruce came down and knew knew what he was looking at in terms of knew me and and knew that my dad cared. And he could have done it as a favor for my dad. He could have, but the way the best favor he could do to my dad is lead me in the correct way. And to this day, I still Bruce is still plugged in at WWE. He's the main guy. Uh, when I lost at WrestleMania, and I was came, I was adamant that I'm walking up that ramp. I'm not going side ramp as we call it or losers lane. I'm this is the end of the show. There's eighty something thousand people here. I want to look them in the eye, say sorry, or say hey, we're gonna we're gonna get them eventually. Whatever it was, but when I walked up there, I wasn't sure I was ready to walk into what we call gorilla. This is what the name of the room is right before you go out, Gorilla. I wasn't sure I was ready to walk into Gorilla, so I took a second, and he came out the curtain, and it was just him and I, and we had a nice moment, and I'll never forget it. And I, in my mind, was like, well, I need to reverse this situation, and then we have this moment again. But, yeah, Bruce has been a big part of my career that I didn't realize was such a big part of my career until I got a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You wondering why it's named Gorilla? Yeah, I'd love to know. <laughs> okay, it's, uh, you know why, right? No. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon was okay. this amazing wrestler, uh, just an amazing man in general, but he was also uh, uh, one of the big lieutenants in the early days of the WWF, you know, one of uh, Vince Sr., Vince Jr., one of the right hands, and just an amazing, he was great at wrestling, but an amazing commentator. That was where he would sit when he was running the shows or keeping eyes on the time and doing all the business. He would sit at a little table that was right by the pipe and drape, right by where you walk out the curtain. 
and now it's like it looks like a spaceship. It's a room. Yeah, yeah it's got it's got ATVs. It's a yeah. it's a control center. Yeah. Uh, there's spy cams everywhere. Never say anything bad at work. Someone's watching you at all times. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just this, it has different lighting effects. They film in there sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, it's all after uh, Gorilla Monsoon. All the important people are in there. It's kind of yeah, like yeah. the NASCAR hauler. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It is. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But it's like um, I never knew that that existed. And you, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a pretty neat. Um, you'll see some of. The, you'll see this room. I know the fans are aware of it, and it's part of the show at times. But yeah, it's a, it's a really cool space where, um, when I first uh, got to experience that, uh, you're. It's the last place you'll be before mm-hmm. you go out yeah. to wrestle for the world championship right yeah and there's there's people in there that matter mm-hmm. that are going to say some things to you yep. that can be really profound right and and it's it's your last opportunity to really be understanding of the moment yeah right and so and i guess too when you come back it's that affirmation yeah right getting some affirmation from people that are running the show if you get a standing ovation in gorilla oh, yeah. You you made it. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you, like, t- you get a last night. The Chad Gable and Gunther had this amazing main event, oh, and they sick. came they came back. And what there's nothing we can do but clap for that yeah. that piece of business. Uh, <laughs> you, um, you, that you said like you get some profound wisdom. You do, but also it can be very distracting. Really? You know when you're zoned in and you're gonna go do your business, but then at like the big shows, Undertaker might have taken a chair. Yeah, and it's Undertaker. He can take whatever chair he wants, but he might be sitting there. Austin might be sitting there. Somebody that's like, oh, right, one of the goats. Oh my god, one of the goats yeah. is right here, guys. Like, and there, and you You'd have rather to, not know they were there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to find yourself in a situation where if they do talk to you, you can't just be caught in the like, oh, this is crazy. They're giving me. The, you have to really hear it. Yeah, like really hear it. No, and then you use it or you don't when you right. go out there. It's on you. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's nice when it fills up with the, the takers, the Austins, Flair. I, I I love more the merrier. Just just <laughs> just just make it a scene. That'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, if you mentioned last night, um, I'm I'm just curious. So you were you didn't fight last night. You I did not. Right. But w- what was your role? And we'll get back yeah. to your story in a second because it is sure. amazing. But I am curious. Monday Night Raw. Yeah, on Monday yeah. Night Raw. W- what did you do? So last night I did what we would call the dark match. Which oh, is you the, did so the dark the, match? So we just learned about this. Just yeah, a so while ago. <laughs> the advert, the advertised match that you try to um, sell tickets off of. Sometimes they can't tell you what's going to be on the show. Surprises. The show's very, you know, changes. It's fluid. So the advertised dark is what you send to a market. You know, you send to this arena. Such and such is wrestling. Such and such. And that's a cool feeling because you can always pretend that you, the ticket sales were yours. You know, if you're mm-hmm. in the advertised, it's not always the case. Uh, but I was the advertised dark. Uh, I wrestled a, a guy, uh, Dominic uh, Mysterio. And I also, uh, my day there yesterday was filled uh, with a lot of, I'd say, extracurricular elements. Uh, we do a lot of pre-tapes, a lot of promos. We have a lot of international sponsors. Once the moment, once you walk in, they've got you doing stuff. Uh, had the fortune and the, the, the pleasure of... Well, more the responsibility and honor of doing uh, a make a wish yesterday, which is just cool. such an amazing, humbling reminder of, of what it is that you are doing and can do for somebody. 
uh, and then I did I did about I was just telling somebody in the lobby I did about 90 seconds of actual wrestling right you beat me up a little bit all right here we go <laughs> boot in the gut here with Cody Cutter we're going home you know it just because yeah. it's a long night they're excited uh, uh, you can't not so we're, we were in a situation not to non-ego here but we were in a situation where a, we have a lot of fans who are now who came back and they enjoy what they came back when I came back, you know, and there's plenty of other oh. over popular stars. I'm not, but we can't disenfranchise them. We can't, if they're there and they bought all these shirts, sure. got to do something out yeah. there. Uh, Cause you know, uh, sometimes storylines put you in a situation where you're off for you a can. few weeks. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta, you gotta remind like so important. And I learned this from my time away as much as my time with WWE. So important. These live event, these arenas, it's great if you have 11,000 people, if you've got to sell out in an arena, but you have to give them something that they'll come back. Sure. You can't just bank on it. This is a weekly business. Monday Night Raw is live every week. You have to give them something to come back. And some of the shows, when we do these marathon four or five hour shows, that's too much for, yeah. a, you know, for a family. And that, you, got, you got to give them a nice package a nice efficient package and WWE very well-oiled machine when it comes to yeah. that from that dark match are you hurting today no 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 man I I uh I got a high high pain tolerance <laughs> my other buddies are falling apart at this point and 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 I mean not, like no sense of bravado I, I don't think I'm tougher than anybody but I just I've been doing it since I was 20 yeah. and even that 15 as a referee it, the ring hurts you know, if you don't know, it hurts. The ropes can hurt. They build a whole callus up on your rib cage. But just for me, uh, a lot of the guys always uh, tell me I'm crazy because I, I just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm into it. Maybe yeah. I'm into the pain a little bit. So no, not hurt, uh, no issues, uh, was able to walk away un unscathed. But again, I, I found out that I was not bulletproof when I tore my pec last year. Because I had gone so long, no injuries, no issues. And to the degree, and this is an unhealthy unhealthy outlook, I didn't even really believe in injuries. Yeah, obviously people can get injured, but what we do, you can disguise it. You can, I just, I didn't have time for the inconsistent individuals who were always getting hurt, and then I got hurt. Yeah, And I found out like, nope, very real. This can happen, especially as we get older, 30s, you know, in the in the in the middle of the pack there. And like, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah so now uh, that high tolerance for pain, which Dusty had too, uh, which is just, a, I think, a genetic thing. Yeah. Going back to your first run in WWE, Stardust, mm -hmm. a bit of a spinoff of your brother. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Dust, right. Yeah. So how. I know that you look. You're. I, I know that it's not your decision. You don't. Yeah. You don't have all total control over all of this. Yeah. But you, um, I admire how you went into that one hundred percent. Right. Like you, there. You can read somebody just looking at their face and tell whether yeah. they're really about this. Yeah. And like that would have been a tough sell for me. But you went 100% into it for years, right? And yeah, two, it was about a year longer than I thought it was right. going to be. <laughs> your brother, yeah. But your brother's had this gold yeah. dust deal for a long time, yeah. Um, and he had at the same time. I mean, I felt like that he he stuck with it, you yeah. Know? And he went, he went, he went with it. Um, and I saw, I was, I was kind of surprised at um, how long you did 
yeah you did go with that and how long how 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 you tried to make that work yeah um if you could go i mean i know it's really a useless conversation of of what ifs but if you could go back to that point in your life right is there any way you avoid the route that you had to take into the independent circuit is there anything that you think man you know what i wish i knew this or could have said this or maybe i could have went to this person yeah to be able to sort of break the cycle I'd say the only thing that could have changed the trajectory was had I been, and there was no way I was going to know this, but the guys I was jealous of, the guys I wanted to be in their spots, there was a level of work they were doing, whether I saw it or not, that was next level. And there are plenty of people to blame when it comes to stardust. But as I have gotten older, more and more of the blame I put on myself because it's one thing to stand up for yourself two years in, when it's bottled up and it's ready to blow versus had I fought this battle six months in, had I bought, had I, had I, had I come to work every week and said, this doesn't work for me. If it's what we're doing, okay, I'll do it next year. But voicing those concerns, being a professional, being a part of the process, I had thought the process, that's why the, you know, people use that trust the process phrase. I even caught myself using it the other day and I hate this phrase because the process doesn't always your your work creates the process. And I think that would have been a difference maker had I looked at somebody who was at the top spot and said, okay, what do they have? And not just compare, but let me work harder. Let me do better. Um, and and if, even if I had not got that, maybe having sounded the alarm earlier that this was not good. I was yeah. not happy with this. This is a step back from where you had me and it's getting step back, step back, step back. But you didn't. I, I, I just... You were, uh, was it your, you felt like you weren't um, established enough to make that claim? I felt like at the time when I, when it finally set in, it wasn't so much established as it was, I felt insignificant to the show. You know, we all, we talk about undesirable to undeniable. Like I felt undesired. Yep. And from a show perspective, if you're the guys putting this show together, that wasn't incorrect. They they didn't need Stardust. You've got John Cena. He's wrestling The Rock. You've got this. You've got Undertaker. You've got these things. They didn't need me. And it's not a fair industry. So I needed to know what to do to make them need me. Mm. Like, I want them to need me. So you what, guys, could, what could have you done then if you would have done it six months in? Like, what kind of creative liberties would you have sure. been afforded? So. The biggest thing, and this is going to sound silly, but this is the truth. The biggest way to kind of turn your fortunes around in the sports entertainment wrestling space is get in the best shape of your career. Get because it's still a vanity business. You're still out there half naked, oiled up. You're still out there. You're see it's and also the the guys behind this operation they still have a love for bodybuilding they're in great shape they're in custom-made tailor suits you know tailor-made custom suits when they come to work that's a huge like it's one of the first things i tell people because it helps your mindset too. get in the best possible shape now had i gotten the best possible shape of my career uh and had i gotten hey i'm telling you i want to be cody rhodes and not stardust let me get new gear to present that to you let me have this all done up Instead of doing that, I just bottled, you know, I, 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 I let it swell. Yeah. I didn't do the things. And I think I thought, oh, if I don't do the, if I do them, they'll still not, 
But that's not the case. It really is. There are so many young guys and young girls that it's the first thing. I, it's not. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. But if you get in the best shape of your career, it turns heads. It makes people, you know, do do that. At Stardust, all of a sudden, had eight percent body fat and six pack and shredded and was handsome again. Maybe they. What are we doing? Yeah. Like what are we What are we doing with this in this outfit? You know what are we doing? But and they wouldn't have put a mask on it, right? Well, so <laughs> at, at one point, I you know I had the paint for the Stardust run, but there was an actual mask yeah. that was originally oh, pitched, yeah. and I put it on my. This was an area where I spoke up. I put it on my head, <laughs> and it's like the classic condom blowing up. It looks so <laughs> bad, and I get like there's an element of humor to what I'm going to yeah. do here, but they can't. Well, you got to be laughing with you. They can't be just laughing right, at right. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. It looked. It looked like a condom meets Electro from the old Spider-Man comics, and that was one of the few that I, I told. Uh, it was Vince. I told him I was like, I can't do the mask. It just looks so bad. And then he, I went and had to shave my head like Dustin. So the trade-off was just. Oh, God. oh gosh! <laughs> Sounds no, awful. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but I was glad I never. I'm glad the mask never saw the light of day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long Stardust did have. Actually, had a couple yeah. milestones and had some fun <laughs> moments, and I did go into it fully committed to try and change it, but it just it it wasn't going to get me anywhere. You went. You said you the last couple of years were really difficult. Yeah. Um. You know, I think everybody can relate to having. Uh, period of their life where professionally they're you know that's sort of bottom of the barrel yeah um and it's difficult to figure out a process of a way to get out but you you leave right yeah. you go you go and to the independent circuit like i mean it, it's a hell of a freaking story i mean it's yeah. amazing now but going back to that moment i'm sitting there thinking golly that must have been like okay going out of this store may never be able to come back exactly it. i would yeah. assume that yeah yeah um it was so personally scary but it was my job you know my dad had passed away at this point and i had i'd kind of absorbed his role it was also my job to present a front that it wasn't we weren't it wasn't as risky as it made as i made it out to be it right. was so risky like i joked with people all the time Oh, you know, I, I was actually one of the wrestlers who was good with my money. I'm gonna be okay outside of WWE. That's not true. Right. I was just like in I I was it was check to check and then the checks are gonna end mm -hmm. and now it's and now it's indie payday. Indie payday and you all these different you create these revenue streams and do these things. So it was very risky and God bless her, my wife just believed. Yeah. Had she not believed, this wouldn't have worked. She believed. How close to your dad's passing was yeah. this going on? Uh, I think I hung around for a, maybe a year. So when your dad passes away, yeah. um, you lose this sort of, uh, you lose the bumpers in yeah. the bowling alley, right? Yeah. To keep you in out of the gutter, right? Just for, I, not so much the gutter, but really like, you know, my dad was like, hey, man, if I had a major decision, right? Damn, that's easy. I'll just go ask him what he 100%, thinks. Yeah. I might not love what he's going to tell me, but I know that I'm not going to bullshit. Right? I'm going to get yeah. the truth. And so when that's gone, and you're sitting there with your career at stake, like trying to make the right decision, trying to decide whether this is what I need to do, you've got great support from Brandy, your wife. Yeah. But still, like in your mind, are you thinking, are you wondering, like, you know, am I making this? Am I making this decision because I'm a little bit psychologically distraught over yeah. the death of my father and the, oh, the, yeah. the, the the mourning of that and and the lot the void that yeah. that's created, right? So, shit, 
did I need, am, is this like a bis, massive mistake? Hmm. Right. Cause I really don't know. I can't, I can't know whether yeah. I'm making the right decision or not. Did you have those moments in that, in that, you know, year, year and a half, two years after of questioning these decisions? What, what I think really took over for me was definitely the such grief, not knowing how to deal with grief. Um, and then having the grief, I mean, obviously something that you, you very few people maybe understand this, but having the grief regularly in your face, mm -hmm. you know, you went back to the track, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like I had to go back to the ring and fans want to tell you mm -hmm. how sorry they are, how sad, no, no, sh me too. Yeah. You know, like he was my favorite. That's what I always say when fans say, "Hey, my, your dad was my favorite." I say he was mine too. You yeah. know, um, but what what became of that was whether right, wrong, or indifferent. I was I didn't have the phone call anymore. I did not have a mentor anymore that I wanted to reach out to. So what I had was here's what I learned. I'm gonna do everything my way, a hundred percent. Whether good, bad, I'm gonna do it my way. And I learned a lot of this from a lot of the tricks I used and things I did to rattle the cages and, and, and this battle when I was going against WWE. It was stuff I learned at WWE. Like, hey, you guys taught me this. I was in the ring with you. I was in the ring with you. I had the Dusty Rhodes lifetime experience. I think I can make some decisions. I think I'm good enough now to this is good for wrestling. This is good for this match. This is good for the city. Um, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, mm. I was doing it my way. Yeah. And there's a lot of incidents in that run that are not right. <laughs> but I was, nope, this is this is what we're doing here, folks. This yeah. is it. And, uh, and uh, I tell people all the time, I say, if you want to look at what letting someone get, like sometimes I get in my own way as when it comes to my own creative. And there's a prime example. When I was in this company uh, named Ring of Honor, wonderful company that really took care of me. And Joe Coff was the guy who got me. Amazing. But they just let me do whatever. WWE guy, people are coming to see him, you know, because they were smaller crowds. He's got a big autograph line. That's whatever. And one of the things I did was I had two mascots that were people in bear suits. It yeah. didn't make a lick of sense and they'd be at the signing stamping with me one was a business bear one was a drug-free bear it was all this nonsensical uh like it had stemmed off a youtube series so it had it had roots and yeah. it had but it was if i look at the photos and you see me with these two bears behind me no that's context. what yeah. creative freedom gone too far <laughs> that's 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 what it looks like i loved it but they're like very much even even you know as my time at AEW as uh, executive vice president also in my way a little bit i you know like someone else make a decision for me here you know because i had, at that point i had made all these decisions i'm making i'm doing it my way you need you need guidance you need those people who've been there and done it and and uh yeah so i had some big home runs and some big misses on the independent circuit there's these great shots of you coming out and and these you know like you say there's you know you're in a gym with yeah. 50 people <clears throat> the look on your face though you you could have been in the middle of a madison yeah. square garden you know you your ability to to go down to that level and seemingly appreciate yeah. the the climb back right and uh to come out into a room like that and give them yeah. the a1 effort uh how i guess uh, you know not that it was easy but how um how 
in the first say first year of that right um reality setting in right yeah. you've left the big house and yeah. you're going through this process and you're like you're, i guess you f- were familiar with what you were getting yourself into in the independent circuit i thought so right i thought so humbling uh, yes humbling but but i got i was lucky you, you know you've seen some of that footage and those people really followed yeah i had a good plan and people really were, they followed and it just felt like, okay, I told them I was going to be the best and that I had been screwed over and I'm, they're going to, they're going to see. So now I had the responsibility to, if you don't make it work, you don't get the no, another chance, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not like the level that I got the other chance. So with those, one of the big pieces too was independent shows. There's no lighting grid. You know, it's a high school gym. Maybe they've got lighting, but for the most part, it's just house lit. Mm-hmm. So you can see out and you can look in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And at WWE, it's something that I should have learned earlier, but hadn't. And all the greats really have is they'll find that fan, that kid, that family, whatever. They'll find them and they'll just see, what are they thinking? You know, they want me to get up right now and beat this guy up? <laughs> or are they are they just now starting to like, come on, man. You know, what? how much longer do we... And that was so, I mean, what a great education. Mm. I had the greatest education ever with WWE. It was 10 years of the biggest company the, in sports entertainment. But it's such a great education to get, go, let's go down to the street level, essentially. Yeah. Let's, let's get underground and see, because there were these stars that were on independence that were doing just wild stuff. Yeah. And I had no, hey, I'm, I wasn't going to be that stiff old no, this is how it's supposed to be done. This is what I learned. No, let's do whatever you want. Let's do whatever. If I'm at, if I'm a, have the ability to do it, let's do it. Uh, and there was just some fun. It was such a great education. Didn't you say you buy that that bypassed on your first attempt? Because I remember in the documentary yeah. you said that you were even surprised how quick you were brought up. I mean, next thing you know, you're on Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah. And, and it felt like that they, you know, and to keep using racing analogies, they took you right to cup and you didn't even yeah. get to go appreciate late models and trucks and ARCA and all those things that are actually very yeah. important in the developmental stage. I did it in reverse. You did it in I reverse. I did it in reverse because yeah. they, his Dusty's son, we love Dusty. He's an okay looking guy. Let's, 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 I was given so much grace by the fans. Had I not had, had my name been, you know, Cody Jones, he, I would have lasted three weeks, maybe. But those fans had such a good, like, no, we're, we're, he's Dusty's son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's Dusty's son. He's going to get better. We'll see. We'll see. And they gave me so much grace and so much. I mean, I grew up in front of them. Yeah. We've been doing this now, 20 years old and 38. I've wrestled in every one of these cities on a previous night before. And now it's like this, it's like the run is happening for the very first time right. that we're in. But some of them have sitting there. They've seen all of it. They've watched me grow up. Yeah. So, so how were there were there moments on that path through the independence where you're wondering whether you know this is what you need to be doing? Well, I, I'll say this about the. I was lucky. There's this great email that I got sent. A really wonderful guy named Gabe Sapolsky sent me this email when I first got to the Indies. I said, "Welcome to the Indies." <laughs> <laughs> what is right? that be? So and he, and here he describes. <laughs> listen, it, the crowds aren't always going to be that big. The yeah. pay 
It may not even be present. You might have to chase down your pay. Uh, you might be splitting hotel rooms with two guys. You're going to be in cars with four or five guys. He's describing how worth it it's all going to be, but how different it might be for somebody like me. I, I always joke with him, didn't have that experience. We were the people were really coming to the shows. There was a resurgence in independent wrestling. Uh, so business was good, but it was really where I'd say I had doubts was it was very carny. It was very carny in a sense that, you know, you know, like the Colonel with Elvis, mm -hmm. he was always looking yes. for the, it became, you had to look for the, these revenue streams, you know, I, for example, WWE, I sign autographs all day. Nobody pays me anything. Independent show. It's like a convention yeah. X for the picture X for the combo. Oh my gosh. Didn't know any of this. And I don't like taking money from people, but that's a big part of how it works. Money. You have to <laughs> right. find these revenue streams. My, my buddy now, his name's Matt Cardona. I really hope he comes back to WWE. He was, he's outstanding. He's going through the exact same thing. After a while that starts to feel a little taxing the the it doesn't f you want some structure you want some uh security and and you know there's not as many places in our world to get that security uh so that was the only time you know especially brandy i want her to have the best life yeah. and us to have a good home and all this and you can survive and hell you can be viral moments popping up that doesn't necessarily equal an infrastructure at home and, and financially. And that was the only area where I thought, oof. And that, that's what led me to do the original all in with Matt and Nick right. and ROH of course. And then that led me to the next step was, okay, well if I don't want to do it in a carny sense. I don't want to be a carny. It feels disingenuous, right? I, I want to be me, but you, I need a bigger platform then I need to, I need to get this on TV, what we're doing and so that we're, you know, we're provided for a little bit more. So all in, that was this sort of, um, you talk about the independent circuit sort of getting this momentum mm -hmm. all in becomes this event that you guys are going to bring it all together <laughs> and all types of different promotions coming together, different, different, yeah. you know, different wrestlers from different spaces. And, um, y'all sold it out in less than an hour. Yeah, it was right? what a day. What is to me WrestleMania is the night, greatest moment of my career, but you know, in the back of my mind, I think a, a strong number 2 was that day the tickets went on sale for All In because here's what people don't know about All In or here's what people suspect. We had told everybody, "Hey, it's all us. It's all me, Matt and Nick. We're providing." Who is Matt and Nick? Matt and Nick, the Young Bucks. Okay. I say Matt. And Nick. Yeah, sorry. They they they're an independent tag team who has done it completely on their own, self-made brand. Never been with WWE. That's one of the things about them is how big they got, just as a own. unit. Yeah. All right. So we had presented as, "Hey, we're doing this. We're bringing all different companies together. We're breaking all the rules. We're literally going all in." Well, we did have help from a company, again, Ring of Honor was the company that helped produce it. But people think Ring of Honor footed the whole bill for it or we footed the whole bill. The truth is somewhere in the middle. We literally did have to go all in. We were going all in on our name alone in a sense like, yep, this is gonna be that we're gonna get, we had to get over 10,000 people. The, the man who commented on social that we couldn't put 10,000 people in an arena and I all pre-workout up at the gym, tweeted back at him, I'll take that bet. Now we're stuck. We can't sell 5,000 tickets. We yeah. have to sell 10,000 tickets. So we did everything we possibly could. We broke every rule. Uh, 
I never use PayPal, but I laugh when I look back at my PayPal. All the paydays are still there from these different little things that I had to pay for to get like road warrior animal to come over and ride his motorcycle. <laughs> that, you know, uh, my buddy Conrad Thompson did a convention cause he yeah. said, I bet you if it sells out, people piggyback off it. You should let us piggyback. We'll do a whole convention and you can steal some of the, the legends and assets and all this. It was like Woodstock for wrestling. Yeah. It really was. I walked into the hotel as the Hyatt and Schaumburg, Hoffman estates area, which is not Chicago. People from Chicago always want to let you know it's not Chicago. It's true. I walked in there and the energy was, I mean, through the roof. The lobby was filled to the brim with fans. The bar menu, American Nightmare Cheeseburger. It was just like, <laughs> it was mind blowing. And, and that day, you know, before this, any, any of this happened, that day when we were riding back from the press conference where I couldn't even get the mic to work at the beginning of this, here he is saying he can put on a show and the freaking mic doesn't work. Right there, we're coming back from that, that press conference and I was just a fan. I'm positive, not a fan. Like, I'd say it was a fan. There was a fan driving us to the show. You know, we, we had showed up in a limo, <laughs> but we hadn't planned how we were getting out of there. Uh, nice, nice guy. I'll never forget him because he was there as we were, like, trying to go on the site to buy tickets. Mm -hmm. And it was frozen. And I'm thinking, if the site is frozen, we're screwed. Or is it blowing up is it, it is can yeah. can it crash and yeah. it crashed immediately yeah. immediately there was it is 11,236 or two yeah 236 um that was how many tickets you sold yeah and it was 28 minutes it was it was it was just i couldn't believe it yeah. i it, it was like a i said hey we need this you know that welcome to the indies letter like no no it can be bigger like I like to think very big, very big. And then it was all in front of us and we had to execute with it and make it happen. And yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful memory. Yeah. I have trouble with the fact that I no longer own the name to it, but it's also, it's, I, I kind of look at it as a sense that it's not mine. It's the fans. Yeah. So mm. let them have a good time with it. So when did you, um, you know, when did you realize that you were possibly going to get an opportunity to go back to WWE? I know you, um, mm. you got, so first off, I guess, yeah. is American Nightmare. Yeah. Like, how come that took so long? Because it's perfect. It is. And, and it's like the perfect thing. It is. And I know my brother had experimented with a nickname before. Really? Yeah. But it's, I think when the way they presented me over in Japan, they really wanted that connection. He's the American dream. You're the American nightmare. You're a bad guy. You're part of the bullet club. They really wanted it to be very clear and family business over there. Just make it real simple. But it did. It clicked in a way that I thought, why wasn't I doing this yeah. this whole time? Like every piece of it, uh, the, the hair, the outfit, uh, you know, the Homelander inspired element of every bit of it. It's perfect, but it took all the time. It took all that time of of my education, my experience. It wouldn't have come to me sooner. Yeah. It took all that time and seeing other wrestlers. You know, Bret Hart's giving away his shades in the front row, and I want to give away my weight belt. Oh, okay, I can do. You know, just it took time, trial and error, and you'll see that a lot with uh, sports entertainment and wrestling. I use Bret Hart as an example. Austin is the greatest example. Austin was wrestling for years, stunning mm -hmm, Steve right. Austin. I was loving, yeah. you know, he went to ECW. He was doing some crazy stuff in ECW. And the ringmaster, then he becomes Stone Cold. But it was deep. He was experienced enough to handle it once he got his mantle. Yes. I felt like, that's why I tell people all the time, if 
it feels like they're seeing me for the first time. And that's, I got the mantle, I got the cape and the cowl, I found it, whatever it is. And now I can, now I'm that, now I'm at this final form or what could be, and it feels like I'm, I'm able to run optimally that yeah. way. How often do you see some young, um, you know, wrestler come up and they have a fantastic idea, but it's mismanaged because of that very reason that's inexperienced or, yeah. you know, that it could have been great had they, had they just been around a while? I think you'll you'll see it all the time, and you'll see the area where if they have a great big grand idea for who they are, what they want to be, even as simple as like I want to be called this, I want to be called that. The thing that's missing always is the details. The details. You, the devil is in the details with what we do. The when you fully know every aspect of who you are out there, whether you were created by someone else or whether you found yourself. You, you have a different level of confidence. Okay, so then, then if they have it, they yeah. have the details, what is the process in which to go make that become a reality? You've got a, a big thing with what we do is you've got to be on TV on a regular basis establishing yourself. You go out there every night like they've never seen you before. Even if they've seen you you know, a bazillion times, you've got to establish yourself every week, and it takes time. I remember yeah. uh, my dad used to tell me it takes a year takes a year minimum, two years, for a guy what we call to get over, to get popular. A lot of it's seeing what they do. They can't cheer for your moves if they don't know your moves. They can't mm. cheer for your catchphrase unless they hear it on a regular basis. It's It takes time, and that's the area where if you're not given the time, you won't be able to, that opportunity won't come. Yeah. You know, it, it, it requires a lot of factors for a young guy to be given that time. By the writers. Yeah, by, by your writers, by your bookers, by your managers, who's ever in charge, who's ever writing that show and putting it together and has their future picked out. The biggest thing you've got to do is not just have the great idea, is you got to earn their trust. That, that to me is, it doesn't just come to you. You have to earn their trust. It's like playing quarterback and they're the coach. Yeah. You have to earn their trust. And that's a big way I look at everything. I want to make sure whether we have great relationships, bad relationships, whether there's been history with us or not, if you're the coach, call the play. I'm going to I'm going to run what you called and yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give it to you in the best possible way. That was something that I found so fascinating and you le- you learn a little bit about that during your documentary. And I never you don't consider this unless you're unless you get a chance to sit down and really talk to a wrestler, but yeah. You guys, uh, you had a – somebody had a break. Maybe it was you had a break, you know, a time when you were away. And you're getting ready to go out for the match. You have been gone for months. And there's this fear in your gut that they're not going to remember you. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I never even considered – Yeah. I never considered that. Because, you, you know, yeah. you guys you – guys, come walking down the ramp and you're completely confident like this is exactly how this is supposed to happen I knew yeah. this is the way gonna go but there's this moment in time where you're like what if they don't care yeah and that, that must be um i can't i can't even find a comparison in motorsports or anything that i did that would be comparable to that but um having that fear yeah uh constantly feeling this pressure to yeah. matter right to always be winning and always be impressing the coach. Yeah. It it's so I had this experience going when I returned coming into WrestleMania. Yeah. I was at, and we got 80,000 something people AT&T Stadium. I was very concerned they would be indifferent or they would boo. Uh they had every right to boo. I had left, started a completely rival promotion. Mm-hmm. 
ragged them, made fun of them, criticized them, did. I mean, I had gone in. So they had every right to boo. I mean, I told my wife, it's it's in a couple of the backstage clips. I said, if it goes, uh, goes awry, go to the bus. Because I don't want you to have to deal with that if you walk in a grill and they're like, what the hell happened out there? Because, oh, yeah. you know, if they booed, well, then I might have to be the bad guy in this match, which I'm fine with. And that's something that's yeah. like in the moment. Yeah, no, we very, Seth, who was in the ring and me coming out, we would have been able to adjust. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but so you mentioned the confidence you have when you walk out there, and this is how it's supposed to be. I legit was almost frozen when I, I came up on this thing uh, lovingly called the Cody Vader, just a little elevator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I came up on it, and I was genuinely frozen, not in fear, but in, oh, man. Which is it? They're excited about oh. me being here. Like, oh, my gosh, there's signs. They, I mean, they had a sense I was coming. <laughs> you didn't know? But there was just this love. Yeah. It was a love. How could you not know that? I mean, yeah, I, mean, you know, I didn't know how you would know, but I didn't look at it from the perspective of they didn't care about my time away. Yeah. They respected it. They understood it. It was more about he, I'm just happy he's back. Yeah. Like he this was his place. I'm I'm happy. And and I was able to do what very few people have ever done in the business where I brought what I built yeah. and what was built for me. You That's weren't right. nothing was yeah, going to yeah. be created. I had the logo is the logo. Uh, the the outfit is the outfit. The music cannot change. Uh, the Cody Vader, all the the like the pyro, every bit of it that's part of the the what we do uh, has to be there, and no problems. Yeah, and we're we're good with that. So that, that moment, was cool. That moment, man, gives you chills when you watch it. Oh man, because you the the reaction to the fans, a lot of their faces are you can see it. They're hoping it's you. Yeah, right. You can literally see them hoping that this is exactly what happens yeah. in it. and it's like they're you know walking down stairs and looking under the tree and hoping it's that gift that you've been asking for <laughs> yeah. all year long right and um it was a really <laughs> incredible moment um <clears throat> so has this ride uh since you returned to wwe it's i mean obviously aside from the injury with the peck the torn peck yeah. which was terrible um, but has this gone as planned? Has this gone as you imagined, as you dreamed? I'd like to dream big. And I always, I, I, when I met with, again, Bruce Pritchard and, and with Vince and every, I said, I think I'm the best wrestler in the world. And they didn't argue with me, but they also looked at me and uh, we got a lot of best wrestlers in the world. There's, uh, there's a ton of talent right now. The business is legit booming. But... W I feel this run has exceeded my expectations uh, in every way just because I'm experiencing things that only my heroes ever got to experience. I'm in on the high-level discussions. I'm, I'm hearing things that I can't um, – I always wanted to be. Again, I wanted to be the starting quarterback. That's what I wanted to be. And being in a position where you're, you're real close to that. You yeah. know, whereas I say Roman is the starting yes. quarterback, he really yeah. is. But where you're right there, and you're real, and you're you're able to offer something so unique and so different, um, it, the run has really exceeded my expectations. So much so that I have of the thought, if it ends tomorrow, well, thank gosh I had it. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Thank you, fans, for having me. Uh, on, I mean, I tell them every night. I love yeah. you guys. Thank you. It's, I, I have just a different outlook and different perspective. I'm of the thought it will end tomorrow always. <laughs> and it's lately is getting bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, that's I, interesting because I feel like, you know, that 
I uh, I kind of felt like that in my in the second half of my career or the back back yeah. five, back seven back twenty five percent of my career. I started feeling I, st- I celebrated every win yeah. as I did my first because I didn't know when the last one was coming. Yeah, and I think that maybe you, in a way, since you've had this sort of path and this detour, you did it backwards, right? Yeah, <laughs> you had this really unique perspective and appreciation for exactly where you are. Yeah, to have this second chance. To have this, um, you know, to live the dream yeah. that you've had all your life, you know, that your dad lived. Um, the story is just, I mean, I watched that documentary and I'm like, damn. I mean, the whole thing coming together, <laughs> put in front of you in one piece is a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, can, can I uh, interject one thing? Yeah. I don't want to gloss past this torn peck. Yeah. Pectoral muscle <laughs> because I'm going to tell you something. I, so I can think I can think of two moments in pro wrestling history of my viewing experience where i had to turn away one is when jake the snake hooked that cobra on randy macho man savage yeah and you're like oh god it's really biting him it's really biting it's hanging on his arm these kids are kids are crying on the front row and then there's watching i have to say you know you've seen the one where macho man is like they're getting ready to have the they're gonna have the match and before they go out oh, there yeah. macho man's like he's gotta bite yeah. you first yeah to bite you to bite him <laughs> yeah. make sure it's not yeah. poisonous yeah but then there's watching you with your with your whole shoulder looking like so shit. bad and and when they when you take those hits yeah you feel it anybody watching feels it and i can't imagine the pain and you almost have to look away it looks so painful it's one of the strangest audience reactions I've ever had. I didn't know what they, well, will they think this is cool? Will they think this is, well, really what it came across was, we don't know how to feel about this. He seems like, talking about myself, he seems like he's very injured. You know, my, half my body at that point was, it was a complete tear, thing was ripped to shreds and that bruise just kept getting bigger and bigger and it was running down. I thought I might have some other problems in my bicep and stuff because it was <laughs> yeah. just getting bigger and bigger. I cramped up too, so it's ripped off from here, but it's still hanging up here and all of a sudden it shot up real high. It looked like I had a giant chest. I was like standing in the mirror. <laughs> um, but it just, it was a, it's something I, I sign, you know, you have your eight by 10, your auto mats, the number one things you see that you yeah. sign. I sign more torn peck stuff yeah. than, than anything just cause it was such a crazy shot and crazy moment. It's funny cause they, I remember hearing like, you guys don't have to go like 20, 25, you know, you don't have to do anything crazy. And then we ended up having the craziest, just went for it, uh, yeah. type scenario. I have a lot of respect for Seth Rollins. The, um, the one of the things that I thought was really crazy was um, <clears throat> that after the surgery, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> you've got a—I mean, you did—you you get this injury, bench pressing, something that you've got to do as a wrestler, yeah. right? You've got this is, and you talked about the main problem going forward wasn't really about the injury healing; it was the psychological oh, yeah. trusting, being able to do right, lifting things. Yeah. Um, with. And I and I you know being a big uh, fan of football, right? Guys injure their knees, and you're like, mm. you think about that. You're like, you know, really, I want this guy to have a great career, but how in the hell does he trust to make the cut? How does sure. he, how does he yeah. really commit 100 percent to be able to do the burst that he has yeah. and provide all this? So, you know, when has has that moment happened 
yet where you're like it's out of mind it's not even su- it's not even something you think about I, I, I wanted to put myself into the fire, right, to, to make the cuts, essentially. So one of the things that I ended up getting in the ring with, with Gunther, that was the guy who was in the ring, and he chops yeah. right across your chest. And I felt like that was going to be a good, we'll find out if this if this is going to hold up. If yeah. it has, it, does it have better strength? Does it have a little less? Is there a difference? Um it changed how I go into everything in terms of nutrition and hydration and how I definitely how I train. Uh, but I I think it became, it's a clear it's, I mean, the scar is huge. Like there's so many guys who've torn their pecs and no scar. I got this giant like keloid scars in there. What the hell? But the, it, it made it so it, it felt like it always needs to be protected. Like I have to protect it in there. It is a now an added factor. I, I don't know if I'm afraid of tearing it as much as I'm afraid of, you know, using uh, this is my right arm as well. You know, the big thing with me was clotheslining somebody. Yeah. If I'm clotheslining somebody and they hit me, like they hit this, yeah. it goes this way. Yeah. That's the big thing. It goes this way. So that's a, my, uh, his name is Brian Tovin, the guy who was doing my PT. He would throw a ball at me. And I'd uh, just a bouncy like a ball and I'd hit it and it hit against the wall and catch it. He had to come up with these little drills just so that I felt comfortable hitting somebody. Building your confidence. Building the confidence back. There's a uh, before I came back at the Rumble, I I wonder if the video will ever surface. But we have security cameras at my school and I came in one day and there was no one in there. So all I did was just run in the ring and like exactly how you would run in the rumble. I ran in the ring, I shadow hit a few people, and then I threw myself over the top to see if I could hang on because that's a big thing. Oh my gosh, he almost eliminated. He's almost eliminated. I you got to be able to do those. Yeah. So I did it like a hundred times just by myself, just running in. No one's around. Uh, just I needed to, it to feel like it used to, and it didn't feel that way right away. It took time. It took a few. I think probably about a month as being back active. Like, okay, it's fine. It's okay. Something else is going to tear. This one's good. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. It's okay. But they have a great medical team at WWE. They don't let you, man, they make you go through the ringer to come back too. Oh my gosh. You got to go down, train with guys. You get two weeks, a minimum. It's just, it's the same when you get any type of head injury, which is a proper protocol now. You got to go through all the tests and all the panels. And yeah, so I got through it. The um one of the things that I was excited to talk uh, Steve Austin about was um, color, <laughs> and so and um, I found that really fascinating. Yeah. Of course, like you say, like when we watch, when I when I grew up watching it, and you're watching it, you know, you're yeah. going back and watching the videos of your dad and stuff. The blood, I mean, it was freaking a lot of blood everywhere. Yeah, and um, did you get in, did you do color in the independent scene? I was bloody a lot. Yeah. I, um, I was uh, often. Intentionally or uh, accidentally, I I'd know, say I say I'm uh, my threshold's pretty down the that middle. Was a, yeah, there was a I know there was a time recently in WWE you got busted lip. So I I don't put my hands up a lot. Yeah. Again, I'm a I'm a weirdo. I'm into this. I don't put my hands up a lot. <laughs> so I often get yeah. like these little marks and moments. So it's I'd say it's somewhere down the middle. I color is. It's very. I'm I'm glad, and maybe it's this thing when you're young, you're like, oh, this is so cool, yeah. and it, but I I'm glad as I've 
gotten in the role I am now and you see the amount of families yeah. and stuff yeah, in the yeah, front yeah, row, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad I'm like, okay, it's not it's a, changed, it's not a thing yeah. at WWE, no. you know, yeah. uh, yeah. you, what we call a hard way. It, it happens, you know, um, hard way. you know, <laughs> uh, Brock, I wrestled Brock Lesnar and you know, WWE, no blood. If there's blood, you got to clean it up right away. They're right there. They're ready to get you and take care of you and just take a minute out yeah. of the match or whatever. But I was wrestling Brock Lesnar in Puerto Rico Drop kicked him in the knee. He hit the buckle, turned around, face full of blood. And I'm thinking, oh no, like, oh, what? Well, hey, it's a giant Brock Lesnar. Yes, oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, but, but also, part of me was back to being a little kid, like, this is badass. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for the doctors and yeah. stuff when they have to get in there because today you got to get in there and clean it up. Most of the boys will try their damnedest to not let you, but yeah. they won't shoot it. So yeah. you do have to clean yeah. it up, guys. Like you, all this cool stuff, they won't shoot right. just because blood no longer it, being a, the family business that it sure. is. You know, in the independent business though, that was that was just happened part of the process again. So yeah, yeah. I I um. You know that was that was always just such a when that happened in a match back in the eighties and nineties, yeah. man. That was like holy, shit, this is it's just getting serious. Yeah, that's it's funny you say that. A lot of times it would be the indication that like Oof, they're getting to it now. Yeah. This is this is serious. Yeah. It's personal. It's that's yeah, right. they're yes, getting yes, to yes, it. Yeah. yeah, somebody's busted open. You mentioned that like uh, who was in the top billing uh, Monday Night Raw like the the uh, the main event. It, the, the guy that Gunther and Chad Gunther yes yeah. and Chad and Chad's family I believe is on the front, <laughs> front row, row yeah and 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 when Beautiful. they kept throwing those shots at those kids yep. and you know he's close to pinning him and then there you feel the dejection when they you know he snaps out of yep. it and then when he lost they start bawling yeah. and they're in tears and it's like you just you reminded me oh yeah now this is a family event in fact yeah. we had uh, you know Morgan Overstreet there last night she's like there there's 10 year olds right next to them mm-hmm. um you know so <laughs> yeah literally maybe, like I would I don't know you probably know better than I do or you know but it's like 50 percent of the audience is under 12. yeah very you know, young very audience young. at WWE yeah. very and Monday Night Raw and stuff which is amazing because you know how many other sports entertainment franchises are trying to get that younger audience and here you guys are beating the hell out of each other and you did it you you found it it i think uh i'd I'd put a lot of the credit uh john cena kind of took the took the industry from austin and rock which was a lot of older males watching of the crash tv springer all that he took it and he re this happens all the time the industry has to reset you have to reset, and he. It became very much a family business while he was the lead dog, and it's remained. It's remained that you do see a lot of the hardcore fans and the older males and things of that nature, but it's a lot of twelve is like that age. A lot, of, a lot of youngsters and a little nightmares. You know, just really, it's different. And then you mentioned them last night. That's bringing family to a show. Is it's as real as it gets, you yeah. know? And, like, Chad did amazing last night. And I do hope that Chad finds the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. You know, I, he had the shot. I, th- I hope he finds it. Amazing, amazing. True athlete, real Olympian, amazing. But those moments, again, it's hard to tell in what we do what is real and what isn't. And when it's in the middle, it's so sweet and so good. That's as real as it gets. Yeah. His daughter oh. <laughs> wanted to see that yeah. and have that moment. Um, I, I felt bad because they sent me out after. 
oh, to man. raise his hand, and I got to do the the dark match. But man, I just I feel bad. You're getting your time and your moment here. I, I had I gone out there and him told me to f off, I would have been totally <laughs> right. no problem. I'm yeah. gonna get in the ring. Uh, but he, he was very you know an amazing amazing athlete. But that's where you know it gets real. I, my my sister and my mom they know like oh if we're coming, be expect he could get absolutely dog walked right in front of us and we've got they're going to shoot us they know we're here you know they're they're (laughs) they're they're ready for it and my mom is indifferent to she watched dusty for so many years she's seen it all so nothing brock beat me half to death right in front of her and i could just i could (laughs) see her yeah just we used to call her stern face lady like he's gonna get up you know like she know he'll get up he's gonna be all right but yeah that's family at the shows it's always tricky is your daughter still too young to bring to the show does she go she she came to mania so that i could say see her and have that memory with her and then we immediately took her to the back so it's just the the pyro and the yeah yeah yeah. but because she came to wrestlemania that's all the that's the word she knows that associates with what i do so the other week she was telling brand i'm going to wrestlemania going i'm going to (laughs) wrestlemania it's just the cutest Every match is WrestleMania. Every every yeah. what I do yeah. is WrestleMania. Every, yes, yeah. She for whatever reason she came to that show. She did that moment and she watched another entrance of a uh, superstar uh, WWE superstar named Asuka. And Asuka did her entrance rehearsal. So that's all she knows is Asuka dancing WrestleMania. So I, I, again, she would. I don't think I can get beat up or beat somebody up in front of her i don't i don't know if i can do it and <laughs> i just I, it's a bridge well i i had to cross this bridge you know i was watching my dad he didn't smarten me up so he's getting beat half to death by these guys uh, this is terrifying yeah, this is this is scary gets- yeah so I, I don't know if i i think that's a, a very unique conversation that my <laughs> my wife will probably be the lead on that conversation sure. you better you better put a camera on that yeah be good to capture maybe at least watch later i don't know if you'll share it with anybody but well, I, I don't know what's the right strategy. My dad yeah. didn't smarten me right, up. Yeah. He thought that was the you right probably, strategy. Yeah, probably need to do it for your daughter. And, yeah. yeah, and I'm thinking we gotta give her the scoop on what is and what isn't, yeah. and just. But again, we haven't had to get to it yet. So becoming a dad, um, seem you know, I'm sure has changed your your life. Yeah, uh, incredibly. Um, especially um, coming off of of losing your father, mm. you got this, you know, window of trying to process that and and move forward you know and and uh how how incredible uh is it that a child can feel that feel that void um you know and how is that how is that sort of calm the yeah uh the 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 sorrow right yeah And, and the loss it's amazing what they do for you right and that's not their their task yeah these children they're their task could be a million things. They're going to find their path and their task and our job to get them there. But selfishly, it's amazing what she'll never know until I tell her or watches this interview or what she did for me just being born, being born. It's, it took every carny is the word I'd use. It took every kind of negative trait that I I'd have or duplicitous. It took it all and just, nah, I, 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 again, like I have to be as true and blue as possible. This she's gonna, I'm her guiding force, me and my wife. And it just changed everything for me, uh, everything. And, and 
that's all that that's all that matters yeah mm -hmm. you know like and yeah professionally you can categorize this matters and this matters x amount of money this match that but the most important thing is that i get her to the spot she needs to be in and just be as good as you know i had the perfect father and like be that in the best way for her but i mean it changed everything guys will talk to me now and they joke i used to be such a just i mean the no better way to put it but disturber i used to be such a locker room prankster and joker and uh, telling there's a term in our business a cody tail when it's just i take something that's slightly true and just distorted heavily and it, like <laughs> i lost my ability to do all that like it just it just it just it, it's not in me anymore it just became hey that's why i started you know when i mentioned telling bruce i'm the best wrestler in the world that's where it really the that's all i that was my sales pitch yeah there's nothing else to this is how i feel and uh i'd love to be back and boom that's it that's all i had to that's all i felt like i didn't want to get into the it just changed me in such a good way and i hope i I hope she just has the best, the best life. True. Uh, I just, I would, I'd love another mm -hmm. one. Um, yeah, who knows? Well, who's that up to? I, I mean, right? I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think Brand, Brandy yeah. is uh, all gung ho because she ended up being freaking mother of the year. I mean, especially with this gig, you know, I'm they got the tour bus, I get to sleep eight hours on it. I'm doing these shows. She's doing full, full time this plus setting up her yoga and her Pilates studio. Uh, she's just 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 absolutely killing it. I feel like I'll be as the years grow on, I'll be, you know, on the back pedal a little bit. I'll be having to earn yeah. liberty over a bit more because the it's one thing to have love and fun together, but that trust mm -hmm. in your person, you know, Brandy's her person. And I sure. feel like I'm definitely behind the eight ball. So I'm going to have to try and as things go, you know, earn her back. Yeah. That's a tough balance for you, man, because you're sort of on this, you know, you're on a lightning bolt mm -hmm. and, uh, your, you know, your career has turned into this incredible machine. Um, <clears throat> you know, so I, I'm, I, I can, it, I can, sympathize a little bit with you as a young father a new father and having all of these things that are these opportunity this great opportunity right yeah. you want to seize it you want to take advantage of it brandy obviously understands the business very well and knows yeah. exactly what you're being asked to do and where you need to be mm -hmm. um so how do you manage the balance being able to beat you you talk about this in your documentary your dad's um inability to really be there for your brother yeah and then his ability later in the, where he was in his life to spend more time with you so you know you want to make sure that you're doing that with your daughter and yeah how do you manage it well I, i'd say the biggest uh brandy having been in the business too she understands i had this uh, i won the royal rumble last year it was such an exciting moment I, I dreamed of winning a royal rumble i couldn't believe i won the royal rumble i came backstage there's a talent relations guy at WWE named John Cohn. He had a binder with him, a binder, not not one sheet of paper, full binder. And he said, here's all your appearances and potential stuff. Are you ready for this? And it was the greatest, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me, am I ready for this? Yes, I'm ready for it. But then when it actually came down to you're gonna be gone, you're gonna be gone, you're gonna be doing this, you're gonna be doing that. My wife said something really, um, which meant a lot to me as a wrestler, but she, uh, I, I was telling her, I was like, this is going to suck. I'm not going to see you for 11 days here or whatever. And I remember she said, well, that's the schedule of a WrestleMania main eventer. Ooh. And I thought, hmm. damn. 
you're right. <laughs> and, uh, and I got, and I got to live up to it and, and honor her in, in the best of ways. But without, I feel like it's not just, she's an awesome person. It's that she knows the business and she knows the window. Yeah. This don't last forever. Sure. Mm-hmm. What's the, you know, like get it, yeah. go and get it and, uh, and, and, and make something beautiful with it for us all. Yeah, that's been that's her attitude. You'll you'll get to know her well when you listen to the when you see or watch the documentary. She's an incredible uh, yeah. uh, job as a as a mother and a wife, and very supportive of all the things you've been able to do. Even when you went down to uh, the independent man, she was she went with it. Yeah, she went with it. She she left her gig. It's incredible. Well, there's no one else on the planet that probably knew how miserable you were. Up yeah. until then. So she had to live with you. She had to live with it, and then that was why it was so fun when we got to do yeah. that. Is she. Yeah, again, she she was you know ride or die is the term, but she was absolutely about we'll do it together, yeah. and uh, and we did so much of it together, and started our our own thing together. It was just she's a great great business partner uh, for me, uh, a great partner um, for me. But yeah, she's uh, she's somebody she'll hate that I'm talking so much about her, hate it, but I love talking about my wife. She's somebody that's done a few things in the business. The first black executive, uh, first female black executive in the industry. Uh, she also did some things that nobody's given her her flowers over yet. And I wait for the day when they write the book on, hey, what happened in this wrestling resurgence that went down? Who did these things? Who, who recommended this person? Who went out and recruited this person? She's done some really significant things for the sports entertainment and pro wrestling business. And it's one of those things where it'll come. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen how the fans are. Sometimes they don't want to give that credit and give those flowers, but it'll come. She's done some really good stuff, uh, and just remain incredibly proud of her. And just, just she's, you know, whenever, whenever, if she wanted to come back and do something, I'd be about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can relate to that, man. I, I love talking about my wife as well. And how much I met your wife out yeah. there. Whoa. She's, she's, she changed. She saved my life, man. Yeah. She's, she was a big. She helped me change and, and improve me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'd love to sit down and talk about it, man. But I wanted to ask you, uh, one of the places that I saw you and a lot of people will see you is the Go Big Show. Yes. So, like, you know, how does that happen? How do the, you get Thank you. The Go Big Show. Yeah. I never get to talk about Go. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, at the time um, – with uh we had started aw and on you know discovery so you're just you know warner media or whatever it was tnt tbs classics uh they were just looking for a crossover and that was my role at aw i was the face of the brand i was not the champion of the brand but i was going to be okay we know him a little from wwe casual fans okay he looks again he's in a suit he looks the part you know like i was going to be the face for these these crossovers and that's all they wanted out of it because it was doing really well ratings can we bring some of those people over and i'm of the thought again having grown up in the business i want as many people watching our show as possible so if that means sending me to macon georgia in in the pandemic for a month where we were totally bubbled up with jennifer nettles snoop dogg and rosario dawson yes send me i will watch some crazy acts with no audience and one of the most fun experiences I've ever been a part of. And I feel terrible because when I left the show, they didn't do the show again. Yeah. And they were ready to do the show again. Yeah. So if Snoop, Rosario, or Jennifer Nettles ever beat me up in a back alley somewhere, I would understand. <laughs> I, I, I might have screwed up season three. I'll say that 
what is interesting about you doing that show is for me, it really, um, I don't know how to articulate this, but, um, I found your personality and I got to know you on that show. Sure. Right. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a show. It's, 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 it's a go big show. It's a variety show. It's yeah. just a fun show. But, um, seeing you in another element yeah. for me was cool. It's not something that a lot of people in your business get the opportunity yeah, no. to do, right? That sort of helped you sort of become even even bigger, right? Yeah. Um, while it's it it's in your, I, th- I find your situation, your scenario, like you're on this cusp of things that you probably never even dreamed of. Right. I feel like that we're sitting here talking to you today, and I know that you've you wrestled in WrestleMania, win at the Royal Rumble. But I feel like like the next chapter for you is going to be even, even bigger than than you can imagine. Oh, I, know. Um, I'm on I don't know, man. I just got this yeah. weird feeling. But uh, I've been, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. But uh, man, I just want to tell you, we've been sitting here talking for a hundred, uh, an hour and fifty five minutes. Oh, has it been? It has. All right. Um, <clears throat> we are. We often, um, you know, get the opportunity to talk to people in in this room for an hour and a half or so, and uh, and and we're very fortunate to have chance to to speak to some really cool people in our industry, but also outside the industry. And one of my favorite things to do is obviously talk to people that aren't in racing. Yeah, we rarely get a chance to bring somebody in here that has a background from somewhere else. And and where you are in your story, I feel like that we're as fortunate as can be to have had you to come here today. Oh, no, I know that you. you have an incredible schedule, uh, and um, you've 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 given us uh, more than enough time. So oh. I want to say thank you for that. Thank you very much for for having me. Yeah. And uh, I'm a I'm of the thought if you're right, if your prediction that things are going to get bigger, well, I have to come back. Well, yeah, Please, I got to come back. Got to bring some hardware, hopefully, hopefully too. I got to so. come back. No, that's a. Uh, I hope you're right. Uh, yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're on you're on your way to to incredible things, and I know that your story is already in itself an, a hell of a thing. Um, I'm so thankful to meet you. Thank you for bringing me that news about your dad and and how big of a fan he was. Of oh mine. yeah, that that is uh, one of the coolest things I'll hear. Uh, and so. Anyways, man, I I'm just I had a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, it was a blast. Feel like uh, it's a special treat. Um, good luck. Thank you so yeah. much. I, I I appreciate you guys having me on and talking about some things I you know, don't always talk about. Yeah. You know, and just it's a it's a special time that's happening in our our game and our industry, and just being part of it. Very lucky to yeah. be part of it and do stuff like this. So thank you. And that the Dale Dusty is as real as it gets. <laughs> my my, it. my sister can because when he passed and you you tweeted something, right? I remember you tweeted something. Yeah. That was probably the one that excited her the most. Oh wow! You know, you're in that period where you're like, you don't want to hear it, but you do sure. want to hear it. Yeah. You don't want people to reach out, but you're looking at who reaches out. And that one, I remember she thought was really special. Yeah. Well, he was an amazing dude. Um, entertained a lot of us. If you want to. Uh, if you want to know everything about Cody Rhodes, there's an incredible documentary on Peacock. And for those of few of you that aren't fans, you'll be one when you're done watching that. Uh, good luck, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, we're going to be pulling for you here at the Dell Junior Download. Thank you guys very, very much. 
Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.